Hello and welcome to the Voices of Gentrification podcast. Uh, my name is Luke Herman and I'll be your host today. I'll be interviewing Christopher Smith, a geology and local history librarian at the Public Library of Cincinnati in Hamilton County. We'll be discussing um, the Weston neighborhood of Cincinnati and the effects of gentrification and development have um, had on the neighborhood. Enjoy. So what got you interested in history, and what do you think the importance of history is? I've been interested in history as long as I can remember. Probably had a lot to do with my grandfather, because he used to take me around to the West End and to other neighborhoods when I was a kid, um, some of which that were being lost at the time. Um, He was angry about it. Um, In particular, I remember them tearing down the uh, St. Henry Church Mm -hmm. in the West End. And I was a real little kid at the time, and he was sad to see that happen, but then he was angry. He says, well, of course they're going to tear it down, because by then the neighborhood was gone, Mm -hmm. and all that was left was the school and the church standing all by itself. Yeah. Um, So I guess that's just where my my roots came from, Mm -hmm. and I just, I love history. And I know it's such the cliche, but if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And I think that's just forever true. Um, yeah. It's just, I like to know where we came from. It makes me better understanding of where we are and why. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I always like it, but yeah. I understand it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good school to have for sure. Um, so we'll get into like, some West End questions. Um, the West End used to be a thriving African-American community um, before about 26,000 people were displaced. Mm-hmm. Could you just tell me like a brief history of like what happened? Um, brief like snapshot of the West End? Well, briefly, I mean, in its later years, yes, it was an African-American neighborhood, without a doubt. It started as a German-Jewish immigrant mm-hmm. neighborhood right. um, in the early to mid-19th century. In the early, early days, it was called Texas because, oh, wow. it, because it was so flat and it was so vast. Mm-hmm. It was all essentially the Betts Farm. Not all of the West End, but a huge chunk of it. It was 111 acres, and that's why we have the Betts House over there on Clark Street. Oh, okay. And their family owned 111 acres. Wow. And when their youngest child turned 21, it was written into his will, William Betts, that they could start selling off lots. Because he knew the the city was coming, Mm -hmm. but he wanted his children to be able to grow up on the farm. So once they turned, the youngest turned 21, they could start selling lots. Um, And then fast forward to the 1920s, it's this bustling, busy, busy, older neighborhood. And that's when African Americans began to move into the neighborhood, was in the 20s. Um, We had the Cotton Club and all these other, what became notorious and just legendary African American institutions, or just institutions in general. and then you get to the 1950s, and that's when they began the process of clearing the neighborhood. Um, first, they brought in the Mill Creek Expressway, which today we know as I-75, and that literally severed the neighborhood. So then the city decided in their infinite wisdom that everything west of the new highway would be urban renewal. 
and they tore everything down with the exception of two or three buildings. Um, and then everything on the east side of the highway pretty much was lost as well with the exception of just a few things. It was just really lack of respect for the people who live there, lack of respect for the history, lack of respect for the architecture. We think of Over the Rhine as this wonderful old neighborhood, which it is, but the West End was three times the size mm -hmm. yeah. and it's older crazy. and even older. Um, so it's just, um, it's an incredible loss and the city and the region are still feeling the ramifications for what was done between 1955 and 65, quite frankly. Yeah, no, I think um, they're talking about redoing some of the affordable housing um, in the West End, mm -hmm. and even people, residents that don't even live there now, or who live in like places like Avondale, who were originally displaced by what happened, are still showing up to like the community council meetings because they don't really? want to happen. Yeah, because I feel like it's like deja vu over again because it's happening again um, yeah what they that's what they fear with the FCC. yeah there's no neighborhood that's been so disproportionately affected by displacement i mean highways and various other projects have displaced people but the west end there is just there's nothing compared to it new york city is the only city that lost more buildings wow than cincinnati um, how do you think historians share the story of displacement and gentrification beyond just like data and numbers? I think we get locked up and just like saying, oh, there's 26,000 people displaced, but how? I think historians are better about it now. Um, I kind of began to dig into it again because of my grandfather. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't taught that that happened and I was too young to read the newspapers mm -hmm. at the time. And so... But I would say I've been a librarian for a lot of years, and for the last 10 to 15 years, I've seen a growing interest in the West End, its people, its history, its architecture, its traditions. Um, so overall, I would say it's better. Historically, no. I mean, if you go back to the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, collectively speaking, there was nothing said. It's, I mean, that's why it's called Queensgate. Mm -hmm. The city called it, renamed it Queensgate. They wanted to wipe as if it never existed yeah, off the map. True. And I'm sure people, a lot of people don't know. No, a lot of people have no idea. And to this day, that's why I, I refuse to use the term Queensgate. Mm. It's the West End, yeah. even though most of it's gone. But it's, it's a West End neighborhood. And it had a name, and it was created by people versus Queensgate created by a city council. Okay. So do you think we do a, um, a good job of getting these stories told and shared, or...? We're doing a better job. Yeah. I think we can do a better job. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see definitely more resources, if you will, mm -hmm. whatever that falls under that, um, to share these stories, because I think they're important. Yeah. I think it's, it needs to be told, and it mm -hmm. needs to be known. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so more than uh, four in 10 Western residents now are um, at risk of losing their homes as a result of the rising rents and real estate prices in the neighborhood um, adjacent to the gentrified over the Rhine. Uh, do you think organizations like the port and the city will be able to reduce the number of displaced this time? I think they'll have a better leverage to do it this time. Um, in the past, they pretty much had no chance. 
that's why the West End was lost. There was not enough organized resistance. And the city knew that, and they took advantage of it. Now there is organized resistance, and I, I hope and I pray that they do a better job, because personally I think FC Cincinnati has not been helping the situation with regard to what you're saying. Um, but anyway. Do you know, um, I'm not sure how like informed you on like, pol- like public housing policies, but do you like have any ideas of any like policies they think that should be implemented? I'm honestly not familiar yeah. currently, yeah. and I don't want to speak, you know, unintelligently. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just, I just hope we do a better job with the West End preserving what's there. Right. And when I say that, I mean the yeah. people and the architecture. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the port is actually investing um, about a million dollars towards stabilizing vacant properties and a number of affordable housing projects. Uh, which will lead to nearly 250 affordable and low-income housing over the next 20 years. Um, do you think these policies are more progressive than past investment, and is that enough? It's more than we've known. As far as I know, it's more than we've done in the past. Yeah. Um, is it enough? Probably not. I think it's a good step in the right direction, and I I praise the day that we have, this present day, I Mm -hmm. think it's the fact that we are, people are joining hands and they are fighting this and they they want to maintain their neighborhood and they don't want to be pushed out, which is pretty much what happened in Over the Rhine. Yeah. Um, What do you think the future of the West End will be like? Do you think it's going to become like Over the Rhine and gentrified or uh, do you think um, residents Will residents be told promises that developers in the city won't keep? Residents need to be weary of developers and city and what they tell them. Just be weary and be smart and be informed. And I'm not saying blow off what they say, but take what they say with a grain of salt and then do your own little research. Um, If you talk to a realtor, their plan, they see the West End as just an extension of over the Rhine. I would like to think that I think West End's going to take longer to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more to be done. There, quite frankly, there aren't as many buildings, historically speaking, yeah. um, which is going to slow things down. I hope it becomes a truly organic, mixed income, racially diverse, just a diverse neighborhood. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to see that. Um, I think that would be incredible stop this pushing people out mm-hmm. um, there's enough room for everybody yeah could you explain some things about the regal history um, regal theater that i mean that's well, it iconic as, um, it's places. it's iconic because it survives mm-hmm. there used to be a great deal of theaters in the west end oftentimes you would have like there was a hippodrome theater downtown there was a hippodrome theater in the west end they would do this because one was for black audiences and one was for white audiences. Mm. Sometimes it was the same owner. So they're still trying to capitalize, but they knew that they couldn't mix, so they opened two different locations. Um, the Regal is an iconic theater, is and was, um, but now it's, it's even more so because it's the one that survives. Mm-hmm. So I feel it's crucial for that neighborhood's identity. I realize we're people and we live our lives, but we connect ourselves to buildings and structures and history and heritage Mm -hmm. 
and that theater's been on that corner since 1908. Yeah. Um, the newspapers always say 1913 or 14, but it actually opened in 1908. Wow. Um, uh, me and friend of mine who recently passed away, theater historian um, Hank Sykes. Sorry about that. Oh well, thank you. He was a sweet, sweet man, but he spent a lot of years trying to correct that. Mm-hmm. Said it was not opened in 1913, um, and it opened as the Casino Theater. Mm. And it went through a series of names. Um, the other one that survived until very recently was the old um, Allison's West End on Central Avenue. And that got torn down for the FC Cincinnati Stadium. Okay. So it survived until then as a church. Its last 30 years was a church. Have you heard any recent developments about the Regal Theater? The only thing I've heard is that the, the library has an interest in it. Mm-hmm. The neighborhood has an interest in it. Um, there's various battles going on between who owns what and the land around it. Because um, the library is only like a block away yeah. from the Regal. Um, I even heard talk of the library moving into that at wow. some point. Whether that'll be, these are just rumors yeah. that I'm hearing. So I would like to see it become, I mean, sure, it'd be nice to be a library. I'd like to see it become a performing arts center mm-hmm. for the neighborhood. Something were live entertainment because that's what it was meant to be. Yeah, and I would like to see it preserved as that. Yeah, that'd be great. If uh, I um, uh, do you think there's anything else people should know about the West End and what's happened to it? Um, just the more we can get the story out there. Yeah. One thing I think we could do um, is to abolish the name Queensgate. That'd be, I mean, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I mean, officially abolish the name and just rechristen it mm-hmm. the West End because that's what it is. And have city council, maybe a mayoral candidate, come up and say, you know, we were wrong when we did this. We renamed this area to wipe away the history. And you can't do that because that involves people with memories and, and lives and heritage and traditions. So I think that would be a start. Yeah. So we could at least say, see a little sign that says, Welcome to the West End. And granted, physically, a lot of it's gone. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to change. I think these old warehouses that were built in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, eventually they're going to be replaced by housing, is my, is my guess. Yeah, I hope so, too. Do you think, what do you think about the placement of uh, FC Cincinnati Stadium? I mean, it's it's a nice-looking stadium. I support the league. It's thrilling that they're here, all that. But it was sad. Um, I hated to see the theater lost. I hated to see Wade Street lost. It seemed unnecessary to me. We lost a church that had been there since 1860. And that was a beautiful, unique building and a lovely congregation that had been there for over a century. And then before that, it was a Jewish synagogue. I think the stadium still could have been in the West End, but I think it could have been better placed in the southern part of the West End. Mm -hmm. There's acres and acres of vacant land where there's just nothing. At one time, was part of the neighborhood, but it's been vacant for decades. I don't know who owns that land, but I just think it would have been better suited there. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't have been so intrusive on the neighborhood. Yeah. And I think the neighborhood residents would have supported it in a much larger numbers had it been put down there. 
but where they put it, it's right in the center. And we actually lost more, displaced more people, and which was unnecessary. And we lost more 19th century structures and early 20th century structures that had heritage, that had meaning to people, and there were homes to people. So that was unnecessary in my eyes, mm-hmm. and it could have been avoided by just putting it a little bit to the south, where there's all this open land where nothing is at. But there was a big drive to put yeah. it right there. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, it makes. Uh, I I can understand kind of why they'd want to because it's right next to all the other amenities of. Like, oh, I, I totally OTR. get that. Yeah. It's close to everything. Mm-hmm. It's across from Music Hall. They had to move. It was weird moving Sturgill Stadium because Sturgill yeah. Stadium was only eight years old. Yeah. So and then they tore it down and rebuilt it, which I'm glad they did, and they should have, and they needed to do that. Um, and I get it. I, I totally get it. The yeah. stakeholders wanted it there. It's close to Music Hall. It's across the street from over yeah. the Rhine. I heard Music Hall wasn't too happy about that. Oh, Music Hall were incredibly unhappy about it. It slowed down the process because they wanted to... They claimed that the, the noise would affect their concerts. Mm-hmm. And bottom line, it probably will. But they did all these testing, you know, mm-hmm. sound testing inside the building and this, that, and the other. Time will tell. Um, no, they were not happy about it being right there. All right, that was our episode with Christopher Smith um, about the West End of Cincinnati. Hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe if you liked it.